Stampede. Garner is at 179, recorded 4 9 Predicting what will happen in America's future isn't easy. Of course, I could be all wrong that our future won't be like what President Reagan's prediction about a shining city on a hill. No, I could be all wrong, and Reagan may have been correct that our future will be bright. But one thing I'm certain of In this world, nothing ever remains the same. The natural world tells us that. We should never take for granted what our politicians tell us because they're motivated to stay in power, willing to say and do almost anything, especially what's best in their self-interest. I can only look at the evidence And I can only wish it wasn't true. If you believe the trouble with violence playing out nearly daily is the result of assault weapons, 
you may be right. Why those weapons are made and sold to the American people only underlies our failure to live as a content people. By lots of measurements, we're a dangerous people, conditioned to resolve whatever troubles us by being violent. Violence sells. It's in our entertainment industry. It's in our sporting events. Violence occurs on the streets of this country, in our schools, in our places of business, and in our homes. And until we understand what's driving that, there'll never be a sense of peace in this country. And our future can never be. We can never have a future until we treat this as a cultural defect. If people use a car to run down fellow citizens, then assault rifles aren't the only weapons we should be concerned about. Maybe it's been our demand to want more, that we should never have promoted a consumerist economy. It gave us lots of things, including greed, envy, corruption, and disrespect. Yesterday I heard a lover sigh, goodbye, oh me oh my. Seven times he got aboard his train, and seven times he hurried back to kiss in love again and tell her, to-to-tootsie, goodbye, to-to-tootsie, don't cry. The choo-choo train that takes me away from you No words can tell how sad it makes me Kiss me, tootie, and then Do it over again Watch for the mail, I'll never fail If you don't get a letter, then you'll know I'm in jail Toot-toot-tootsie, don't cry Toot-toot-tootsie, goodbye And then do it over again Watch for the mail, I'll never fail If you don't get a letter, then you'll know I'm in jail don't cry Regarding other issues related to our future As I said, nothing in this world remains the same. 
And if Americans believe the privilege they've enjoyed for the last 77 years, with our U.S. currency being the reserve in the world, well, that is being challenged. And even as recently as in the last few weeks, Russia and Saudi Arabia have dropped the petrodollar as the currency for purchasing oil and replaced it with the Chinese yuan. That will have a severe consequence with the way America will do business in this world. As I've said in previous shows, there may be other reasons for why OPEC last year cut production of oil by a million barrels a day, resulting in our president selling a large part of America's strategic oil reserves, attempting to dampen down inflation, keeping prices for oil from rising. As of last week, OPEC announced another cut in production of oil by another million barrels. Now, it's no secret Americans consume about 18 million barrels of oil a day. And it's no secret that for nearly a century now, big oil has been the driving force of America's economic strength. Let me suggest that the production of oil is dropping because it has been exhausted from being discovered in the natural world that in fact the world is running out of finding new oil deposits, that there was only a finite amount of oil hidden beneath the Earth's surface, and we've used it up. Well, if that's true, then this country's future is in for a shock. A perfect financial storm may be on the horizon, and it could result in a military conflict. This country cannot and should not attempt to assert itself in a military action with the Federation of Russia and China that we will be forced to withdraw from the world to save what's left of this country. the way love must have its day then as it came let it go no remorse no regret we should part exactly as we met just easy come Love has fooled us It has cooled us Once it ruled us But now we're free We'll be happy In remembering That we found love Easily 
False pride can take you to a dark place, making you discontented, especially when you're confronted with reality. Whether you know it or not, our solar system is located on one of the arms of the spiraling Milky Way galaxy. And our system spins with the rotation of our galaxy at a speed of about 515,000 miles per hour. Now, that happens to be a fact, but you would know that because when you wake up in the morning, roll out of bed, and make yourself breakfast, you don't feel like you're traveling at 515,000 miles per hour. You can barely move in your kitchen putting a piece of bread in your toaster. Well, going 515,000 miles per hour may not be something you want to think about, but living in this country, you may feel a false sense of superiority when compared to the way other people live in this world. We Americans have a stubborn arrogance, thinking we know what's best for the rest of the world. And that can fall in the category of living with false pride. Because no matter how things shake out, we believe we're superior. And that can cause a problem if in reality, we lose our privileged standing in the world. It may not seem like we're moving financially at all because the people who control what we're told only want to demand that we continue thinking we're number one. Hardly a word in passing was told to the American people when in the last few weeks, Saudi Arabia and most OPEC countries Drop the use of the petrodollar as payment for oil. The petrodollar was a financial arrangement that had lasted for 50 years. And you didn't feel a thing when OPEC decided not to use it. We simply demanded on retaining our superiority. Now let's put this into perspective. We're traveling at 515,000 miles an hour, and we don't feel a thing. And our currency is on the verge of collapsing, and we don't feel a thing either. So everything must be normal.
first law for any politician is to deny responsibility for any governmental failed policy. The second law for a politician after denying responsibility is to blame someone or something when things go wrong. And the third law is to simply never answer questions made by the press. If you're a good politician and you employ those laws, you can have a 30 or 40 year career. And with a voting population that's become apathetic or even anesthetized by propaganda, a good politician can avoid being held responsible for any malfeasance. In fact, It's highly unlikely a good politician will ever be held legally responsible for some mistaken policy. There are those petty crimes like taking a bribe or some sexual misconduct, but those are few and far between and never question the integrity of the system. Usually a powerful politician has an army of lawyers in the event things get so serious as to be brought into a court of law, but often they simply resign from office and complaints filed by politicians from an opposing party are dropped, allowing the issues of misconduct to be quietly forgotten, especially when new allegations about a different politician are brought forward. Now, this is also true for members of our military, having prosecuted failed conflicts. Usually, their decisions are supported or even encouraged by elected politicians who require congressional hearings having to do with military matters. 
It's the job of the politician to provide authority for military action. So rarely is a general held responsible for a failed military operation. What happens is lobbyists who work for large corporations bend the ears of politicians to endorse a military action. And then the politicians tell the generals what to do. The lobbyists are highly paid, highly educated, highly influential people whose job it is to help their employer obtain governmental contracts. And that's what took place for America's longest lasting 20 year war in Afghanistan. in historic times and may not even notice it. Recent events suggest things are changing rapidly and Americans are going to experience something unfelt since the Great Depression of the 1920s and 30s. I'm not an economist, not a bureaucratic employee of the government. I'm not an educator a banker, an employee of a business, or even the owner of a small business. But I am someone who is trained at looking for what is beautiful. I like to think of myself as an artist, and as such, 
I'm sensitive to what I feel, to music, to what I see or hear, or even what I smell or eat. I rely on my intuitions. I like to think of myself as belonging to the natural world, not the artificial one. Now, as recently as only a few weeks ago, OPEC declared a drop of production of crude oil by a million barrels a day. A similar drop took place just last year. And if you remember, as of last year, the Russian Federation invaded Ukraine, occupying about a third of that country, guaranteeing its 2014 annexation of Crimea. And also, the newly laid pipeline of oil and gas from Russia to Germany was blown up. But what took place just a few weeks ago would make you wonder what's going on. Saudi Arabia and many OPEC nations have dropped the use of the petrodollar as the currency for the purchasing of oil worldwide. Russia and Saudi Arabia have entered into new agreements and the use of the Chinese yuan is the new currency to purchase oil. Now, that fact was barely mentioned and hardly noticed in world financial markets. The U.S. dollar has been the reserve currency in the world since 1945, and the petrodollar for the last 50 years, and yet it was hardly mentioned. We are on the verge of a dark future in this country, and we should be prepared for something unexpected. Our U.S. presidents don't usually spend their Easter weekends at Camp David. Now, my sense of the aesthetic tells me something is very wrong. Oh. 
nothing or a war. It's easy come, easy go. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard popular music from the 1920s and 30s. First, Ted Lewis's Is Everybody Happy Now, a 1929 recording. Then, from the 1927 movie, The Jazz Singer, Al Jolson singing Tootsie, followed by a cut of a 1934 recording by Ruth Edding, Easy Come, Easy Go, and then Louis Armstrong and his Hot Five, and a 1927 piece, Hotter Than That. Next was from the British jazz king Jack Hylton and his orchestra in a 1930 recording, Happy Feet. And then to close, a repeat cut from Ruth Edding's Easy Come, Easy Go. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.